Well, this has been rich, hasn't it, already? Well, good to be together. It really is. Just good to be with you as uh, the Cindy guys, as Mark calls it, the big family. Right, Mark? Good to be with the big family this morning. Our big family. Amen. Can we just open our hands? If you just open your hands, please, with me. Lord Jesus, um, you opened your hands. The Father opened his hands. You opened your hands. The Spirit opened his hands. And released unto us a generous gift. And this morning, with open hands, we want to receive that gift today. the gift of your life extended to us. So we ask you to come to us now. Be who you are, Emmanuel, God with us. And speak to us from the fullness of your life and heart today. Thank you, Lord. In your name. Amen. This morning we are bringing to a conclusion a series of messages we've been doing for Advent called Generous Gift. I was preparing for this week and to share with you um, Pastor Sam and I were talking, and the Lord just really, I don't know, it was like I I was, it doesn't happen super often, but I was sort of in a stuck place as far as the message goes, and and, um, I was talking to Pastor Sam, and suddenly it just broke wide open in my spirit, and I'm so excited to be able to share with you this morning about the generous gift that the Lord has given to us. If you have your Bibles, if you would please turn with me to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. I like the sound of that. You can pull out the Bible that's located right in front of you. It's just good to hear the rustling of pages and to hear. So important for us to be in constant contact and interaction with the Word of God, for it is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword, and it really does expose our hearts, exposes the things that need to be exposed in order that we might be healed and transformed and made whole. Galatians 4, 4 to 6, actually 4 to 7, but when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Since you are no longer a slave but a son, and since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. 
This morning, I've entitled the message simply, The Generous Gift. As we pull together all of the, of the threads that we've been looking at for the last several weeks about the overflowing gratitude and the overflowing goodness and the overflowing grace and the overflowing generosity, all of that is encapsulated here as we look at and think about the generous gift of our Lord. When the time had fully come, God sent His Son. The generous gift of the Father was the gift of His Son, Jesus. And it tells us that when the time had fully come. Now many of you know that there are two different kinds of time that are spoken of in the scripture. There's chronological time and there's kairos time. The chronological time is the calendar time. It's the time which we live in on a day-to-day basis. It's the time of December 25th. It's the time that shows up on the calendar. It's the time that shows up on our watches. It's the time that's, that, that sort of governs and rules our lives on an ongoing daily basis. But there are also kairos moments. And those kairos moments are when God interrupts, when there's an interruption in time, and it's as if the heavens open up and heaven comes to earth. There are those thin places When God shows up and suddenly everything is changed. When God sent his son to earth, everything changed. History was split in two, literally, before Christ, after Christ. All of chronological time divided by the reality of the coming, the first coming, the advent, the, the, the appearance of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. This is the generous gift from the Father. It is the generous gift of His Son. Perhaps the most familiar of all scriptures, John 3, 16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? Eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. And whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believed, stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Let, us, let me remind you again this morning, what, is, what, what can we do to earn the gift, the gracious gift of the Father? What did we do to earn this gracious gift? Absolutely nothing. Because there is nothing that you and I can do to earn 
a gift. All we can do is what? Accept and receive the gift that has been given to us. So here's what I want to invite you to do this Christmas morning, is to open the generous gift from the Father and receive your adoption from him. Let's go back again. Galatians chapter 4. Are you still there? But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons because you are sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a... You're no longer a slave, but a what? You're no longer a slave, you are a... A son. You have been adopted, you belong. You are accepted by the Father. This is huge news, people. This is life-altering, changing, transformative news. This is the reality, the radical reality of the gospel is that because of the gift of Jesus, the Son, we are accepted by the Father when we receive Him. I love what it says. In Romans chapter 8, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. I want to tell you a story this morning. This is one of my favorite stories. I think I've shared it at least once, maybe twice here before, but it just absolutely captures the essence of what it means to be accepted by the Lord. Ken Davis, who's a Christian comedian, wrote a book. And one of the chapters of that book is called Bernie Knows the Truth. So these are the words of Ken Davis. He says, as I mentioned earlier in this book, in my teens I lived to prove my worth to those around me. Because of this, I often misused the gifts God had given me. Humor is a gift from God, a sword that can pierce through hostility and hardness to reach even the coldest heart with the message of love. But I had turned the other edge of the sword and used this gift to hurt others. And that is exactly what I did to a boy named Bernie one year at church camp. Bernie was mentally and physically handicapped. He walked with a clumsy gait and talked with a slur. Totally uninhibited and outgoing, Bernie sought the friendship of everyone, but few of us had time for him. For me, Bernie was simply a source of material. I made jokes about him and would mock his actions behind his back because I was living with something to prove. I was willing to step on Bernie in an attempt to lift myself a little higher. One day on the athletic field, two captains were choosing sides for a softball game, and Bernie and I were the last to be chosen. I was humiliated. In that moment, I breathed a horribly inappropriate prayer. Please, God, let them choose me next. I was chosen next, and as it turned out, leaving Bernie standing alone. Bernie's eyes lit up. He didn't care about being chosen last. He only wanted to be chosen. And now that he was the only one left, surely it was his turn. 
But Bernie's look of anticipation quickly disappeared as the team captains began to argue about who would have to take him. You take him, one insisted. No, you take him, the other countered. And a counselor quickly stepped in and assigned Bernie to a team. Sadly, I was oblivious to the pain Bernie was probably feeling at that moment. I had avoided the embarrassment of being chosen last, and that was all I cared about. And now we could get on with the game. In fact, I probably wouldn't remember Bernie today if it weren't for what happened at the end of our stay at camp. It was time to go home. Everyone was standing by the buses, waiting to have their luggage loaded. And I was with three boys who'd become my friends during the week. Friends were a rare luxury for me, and I'd compromised in many ways to gain the approval of these boys. As we stood saying our goodbyes and promising to never lose contact, I can't even remember their names today, we heard Bernie coming, shouting at the top of his lungs, his voice cracking with excitement. Good news, he, he cried. Good news, with his familiar lips. Good news, I quickly prepared to make my friends laugh one more time by mocking Bernie's cry. But before I could make that cruel response, Bernie broke into our circle. His eyes danced with a joy I had not seen before. He gulped, catching his breath. Good news, he breathed in a hoarse whisper. Jesus loves me. Then pointing to his heaving chest, he changed the emphasis. Jesus loves me. Bernie's eyes danced as with arms outstretched to emphasize his point. He vigorously nodded his head up and down, waiting for us to acknowledge his newly discovered truth. We stood with our eyes open and our eyes averted in sh our mouths open and our eyes averted in shame. But Bernie wasn't looking for our approval. He didn't need our approval anymore. He only sought a signal that we'd heard what he said. He was simply sharing the good news. And with a squeal of delight, he left us standing there and ran to find another group. And I can still hear his voice getting fainter as he made his way to the other side of the camp. Good news. Good news. Jesus loved me. Good news. Good news. And regardless of how he might score in an intelligence test, Bernie understood on that morning what some men and women never grasp. Bernie knew that he had nothing to prove because Jesus loved him. He didn't have to produce or perform or live up to the norms that surrounded him. Bernie didn't have to be popular. He had nothing to prove. He was free. What liberated him that day, the truth liberated him. And what was that truth? What is that truth? It is the truth that we did not receive a spirit that makes us a slave again to fear, but we have received what? The spirit of sonship. And by him we cry what? What do we cry out? What do we cry out? Abba, Father. Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Good news! Jesus loves me. Good news. We are accepted and we are connected to his family. We are a part of a family. 
we immediately belong to something larger than us. As it says just a few moments earlier in Galatians, in Galatians 3, 26 to 28, a few verses before our scripture for the morning, he says, Paul says, you are all, say all, all. We are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were, who, who were baptized into Christ Jesus have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. This is what it means to belong to a house of prayer for all nations. This is the beauty of coming together and worshiping him. Together in many languages, from many backgrounds, from many places. We have a living microcosm expression of the reality of this big family that God has put us in. Where there is no longer these divisions. that The sad divisions that mar our world around us do not have hold within the church when Christ is at the center because we have all been baptized into him. And what does it mean to be baptized into him? It means we have died to ourselves in order to live for him. I don't live any longer, but Christ lives in me. And if Christ lives in me and Christ lives in you, then we are one in the bond of the Spirit. Amen? This is good news. You are connected. a body that exists not just here, but all over the world. One of the beauties that I think of, you know, I, I think of this periodically on some Sundays, but I particularly think of them on a Sunday like this morning, Christmas Sunday, or on Easter Sunday are the moments where I usually remember to think about the worldwide church, the church of Jesus Christ all over the world, the big C church celebrating and rejoicing for 24 hours as the sun goes around, as the, as the world goes around the sun, and as the, as the sun comes up and rises and falls in the sky, all over the world, praise is being offered to him. And one day in every language, tribe, and tongue, and people will give honor and glory to him. Hallelujah. This is good news. So, my encouragement to you today is open the gift that has been given to you, the gift from the Father of His Son, Jesus. So what is the generous gift of the Son? What gift did Jesus give to us? He gave us Himself. Isn't it good to see Stephanie here this morning? Stephanie, yeah, welcome, Stephanie. All right. The generous gift of the Son is that He gave Himself to us. I don't know that any of us can imagine. I, I well, we can't. <laughs> we can't possibly imagine what it must have been like for Jesus. Living in heaven in perfect harmony, in community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in the perfection of all of that, for the Son to willingly lay all of that down in order to come down and make his dwelling among us. 
as it says in John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Or as Eugene Peterson so beautifully puts it in the message, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. He moved into our neighborhood. And Paul says your attitude should be that as same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Can you imagine the incredible humility of Christ coming from heaven to earth? Born as a human in a stable, in a feeding trough, being forced, his family being forced to flee. Jesus was a refugee. He knows what it is to be displaced from his home. He knows what it is to live powerless and vulnerable and helpless. What's more helpless than an infant? That Jesus was willing to do this is incredible. But this gift of himself only remains a gift unwrapped unless we choose to open it and we break it open and receive our redemption from him and believe. But if we will, what will we receive? We are forgiven. We are forgiven. Let's go back to our text again. I'm going to keep calling you back to the text. Verse 4, Galatians 4, when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law. Both of those needed to happen. Born as a human, born as a Jew. To redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights of sons. That redemption means our forgiveness. For he chose us, Ephesians 1, in him, before the creation of the world. He chose us, just like Bernie, standing on that softball field, waiting to be chosen. We are, he has chosen us in him, before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Listen to this. In him... We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Aren't you glad about that? Aren't you happy about that? I mean, this is simple. This is gospel. But this is the, the heart of Christmas. This is the generous gift that we have received. Redemption. Deliverance. Freedom. From the power of sin and death, we are 
free to the Jews who believed him. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, we're Abraham's descendants, have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say we shall be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. There's freedom. Because of this generous gift, there is freedom. There is forgiveness. And there is freedom. Hallelujah. All right. Well, let's bring her home. Full circle here. The three, the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We've received the gift from the Father of His Son. We've received the gift of the Son, Jesus, which is Himself. Now, there is the generous gift that we receive through the Holy Spirit. And what is that gift that we receive? His presence. As it tells us, Jesus said in John 16, reminding his disciples as he was telling them that he was going to be going away and they were perplexed and in fear and bewildered. He said to them, I'm going to him who sent me, yet none of you asked me, where are you going? Because I've said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I'm going to send him to you. And he has sent him to us. Aren't you glad this morning that you have Emmanuel, God with us, living in you? This is the gift of the Spirit. It is his presence with us. So open this morning. The invitation to you is open the generous gift of the Holy Spirit and receive your inheritance. Come back to the text. Back to Galatians 4. I hope your Bible's still open there. Listen to this. Verse 6. Because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of the Son into our hearts. The Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. Now an heir is different than hair. Some of you ain't got no more hair. But you can still be an heir. There's a place to become. We belong, we believe, and we become. We receive our inheritance. We receive his gifts and calling. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. And he appeared to them over a period. This is Jesus of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. And on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost, to the farthest ends of the earth. You have gifts and calling from the Lord to be his witnesses, 
to receive his power, to receive those gifts that he has given. For as it says in Romans 12, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all of the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. Didn't you enjoy this morning? I loved all of the gifts. Thank you, kids. Thank you, Lynn, for putting that together. That was beautiful. Wasn't that great just to see them? That was wonderful. Yeah. And our youth, our Radiate dancers doing, I mean, it's just beautiful. And the Burt Boys, yeah. Come on. our worship team and all of the different ways and the people and all of the things and the beauty of the sanctuary. Thank you, Sue Anderson, particularly for kind of visualizing all of this along with some others who helped. But isn't it just wonderful when people use their different gifts and abilities? And not only inside here in these four walls, but out there and all of the things that are happening. And thank you, Keens, for going and ministering out in Japan, thank you, Wydells, for going to Romania. Thank you, Radkes, for going to Boston. Thank you for, for ministering and being the hands of Christ outside of these four walls using your gifts. We all have gifts and callings. We have his power and his promises. I love this scripture, his divine power. This is speaking of the Holy Spirit here in Christ through the Father. Come to us, has given us a few things which we need. What? What? Everything. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises. So that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. This is one of the beauties of what we're doing right now here as a congregation. And we're going to be stepping back into it in just a couple weeks, going through Saturate. As we are reading the word together, we are coming. How can you know, how can you experience those great and precious promises if you don't know what they are? It's through interaction with his word. It's through receiving his word. The spirit illuminating his word, the living word, that our lives are transformed. So good. We have his power and his promises. And finally, we have his hope for eternity. And here's where we bring it home. Here's where it all comes back together for us. In the end of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, the end of the chapter says this, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. I do love this scripture, and there's so much we could unpack here. And the language that Paul uses here is very, very specific. Because what he's trying to, to break into our hearts is this reality that we because of the Spirit of God, He makes both us and you stand firm. And He anointed us. He placed upon us 
the balm, the oil of his goodness, which breaks us out of all of those yokes and sets his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. There is a yearning and a longing in our souls. And there are moments when we catch just a hint of it, those, I mentioned earlier, those thin places when we're looking at something incredibly beautiful, have you ever had that experience of, of just looking at something, you know, majestic mountains, and you just, there's this something, there's this ache in your heart. That ache in your heart is, is, is just a, 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 an expression of a, a tangible sense of a longing and a yearning that is within us for something greater than we are. There is something that we are yearning and longing for. We, Jesus Christ has come. Jesus Christ is coming and Jesus Christ will come. He has come, he's here, and he's coming. And it is the longing for his coming. It is the yearning and the ache in our soul which the Spirit guarantees and says, guess what? I'm guaranteeing what is to come. These are the gifts There's the gift of the Father. The gift of the Father, His Son. There's the gift of Jesus who gave Himself. There's the gifts of the Spirit which He distributes to us. And we have these gifts today to remind us to remember That the generous gift has come to us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all I can do today is invite you to open that gift. Worship team, come on up if you would. In Luke chapter 11, after Jesus teaches them the Lord's Prayer, he says this, Which of you fathers If your son asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, I hope none of you gave a scorpion or a snake to your child today. Though I've been with some of your boys, and some of them would probably like that. If then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who So this morning, my simple question is this. Have you opened up the gift? Have you received the gift? Or maybe you've received the gift at some point, but you've put the gift away and it's been on a shelf somewhere. You know, you get some gifts and you just put them away and you forget that you ever got them and then you're digging and rummaging around sometime and you suddenly realize, oh yeah, that's right. This Christmas morning, there is a generous gift for you. 
And it's available to all who will receive and believe. So I invite you this morning, receive the gift afresh. Receive the gift to the Father, his Son. Receive the gift of the Son, his own life. Receive the gifts of the Spirit, his presence with you. If we could stand to our feet. We're going to sing a song just of dedication to the Lord. We'll sing it individually first. Here I am to worship. And then we will sing it corporately. Here we are to worship. And while we do, we're just going to open up this altar area. And if this morning you want to make just a fresh dedication, you just want to come and receive that gift, the gift of salvation, the gift of transformation today, the gift of new life, maybe a, a, just a fresh touch, a fresh anointing of the Lord today. You just want to present yourself to the Lord. I'm just going to invite you to come to this altar area. You can kneel, you can stand, whatever. But just give yourself to Him today. He is the light of the world. He stepped down into our darkness. Aren't you glad? Just open your hands. Jesus, we offer ourselves to receive your gift. Your generous gift. We thank you. Thank you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you for the generous gift. How grateful we are. Good news! Good news. Jesus loves us. With hands open, receive the benediction this morning. I pray now that you would be filled to overflowing with the immeasurable love of God the Father. That the irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son will flow swiftly and deeply into your heart. That the inexhaustible strength and power, comfort and hope of the Holy Spirit will be with you and yours. As you go from this house to yours, sent to make disciples of all nations. Go with the banner of His favor, of His goodness, of His grace and life over your life. Until we gather again, either in this house or in our eternal home, I bless you, people of God. I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be filled. Be filled afresh. And let it overflow with this generous gift. In Jesus' name, amen.